Welcome to the Raven Precision Podcast. I guess I should probably say welcome back. Uh, it's been quite a bit of time since we've had our last episode. Uh, all the different development teams, they've been incredibly busy plugging away at new features for our products and maybe even some new products down the road. In the time since our last episode, not a lot has happened, but uh, Ross or Viper 4 3.2 actually ended up coming out. And uh, by the time that came out, Turns out I was quite a bit busy with uh, some new things that we'll be looking at unveiling sometime here in the summertime. But with Ross 3.2, uh, I'm joined by Seth Leet. He's one of our engineering technicians who does a lot of testing for the Viper 4. Uh, he was on one of our earlier Viper 4 episodes. And in this one, we get into uh, some of the new features. Two of them are actually pretty big, uh, and I'll, I'll let the conversation kind of take it away, but just to tease a little bit, we got... Rx maps and guidance line sharing with JobSync. Uh, so there's there's some things that go into that, but it's actually pretty easy and uh, straightforward as long as the machines are both using uh, JobSync and have their Slingshot Gold subscriptions and and, uh, and all that fun stuff. Uh, we got a couple other things. We got some look-aheads by section, uh, and especially as it relates to the RCM or the rate control module. Uh, another big one uh, is our ability to import guidance lines from other monitors or displays as long as they are within the uh, the ISO XML 2015 standard. So as long as those monitors can export that uh, guidance type, we can use that in the Viper 4. Uh, and then we have another uh, like a row number widget and uh, an enhancement with uh, bin chaining, especially as it's concerned with uh, ISO bus product control. But uh, with all that said, I'm just going to jump into the conversation with Seth. recording right now. This Good. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. That's how he didn't say anything. <laughs> uh, Is this thing on? Yeah, it's, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Seth, mm-hmm. how you doing? Great. Yeah? Yeah. Seems like just yesterday we were talking about this stuff, and by yesterday, I mean last three week days sometime. ago, Friday. Yeah. I think it was that, probably that's roughly it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. We were just talking about how busy all the teams are mm-hmm. with just new products, I mean, probably the uh, field computer teams, especially, maybe more so Ross, when it comes to adding things with JobSync and maybe even all the the EggSync integrations. A lot of stuff that's being rolled up into there. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, if you're listening to this, we are very behind the ball, and I'm going to take most of the blame for that because <laughs> I've also been pretty busy with some things that we'll probably be looking to talk about. Maybe in the next couple months, but anyway, that's so, true. For the for the record, the development team is just about right on schedule, um, and three two has been three two Ross, I should say, has yeah. been released for a little while. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> better better late than never, and I might as well get it out there. If you're listening right. to this, you might get to hear about something on software that you already do have loaded, <laughs> and now you can actually go check it out. Uh, the charlatans <laughs> yeah um well the, the other fun part of this is when we were talking about the stuff i was asking you questions probably the same things i'm going to ask you right now <laughs> because you are saving not only me but anyone who's going to be listening to this from 
it just being me talking about this stuff because I could probably be pretty boring when I talk. Sure. Just me, myself, and I. <laughs> Don't agree with me. Well, and whatever isn't any good, you can just edit out anyway, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, so let's get let's get going. <laughs> so with the with three two, looks like we added um, a couple really big requests with job sync. Uh, some right. some well, one of them was probably. Well, well, we can get into it. So we we're looking at RX maps with job sync, right? And as well as guidance line sharing with job sync. Correct. Yep. So. Let's 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 just start with the RX maps with Job Sync. So that for my understanding is the the process is exactly the same uh as far as getting it into that first initial Viper 4. Yeah. And, then, and and maybe just to take a step back on that, it's not to say that we couldn't utilize RX maps with right. Job Sync in the past, mm-hmm. but the method of doing it, we've really opened things up a lot better than what we had had before. Uh, previously, you would have to go on the Slingshot website and uh, ravenslingshot.com mm-hmm. or portal. portal. Raven. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's portal. The ravenslingshot.com mm-hmm, to be exact. <laughs> um, and you would you would be able to use the job generator on there to dispatch jobs mm-hmm. out to multiple machines, mark them as uh, as uh, well, not just pre-populated jobs, but right. uh, for job sync jobs mm-hmm. and once you did that, then multiple machines would be able to receive that prescription map right. and use it. Um, now the difference is that was a system where some people were using it, but other people, uh, other operators would start jobs themselves, wouldn't right. necessarily be c- d- counting on a dispatcher to take care of it for them. So now you, as you were saying there, you can start a job on a Viper 4 with a prescription map locally and that will then be a cloud job, whereas on previous versions that was a limitation. You couldn't do that. Right. It wouldn't transfer the the RX map over to the other field computers. So and then that that is automatic, correct? So it's, yes. Uh, you you start that job with that prescription map loaded onto the the Viper four that you're starting the job. Yeah. With. It would be it would be exactly the same right. as you know for the past number of years mm-hmm. of, of Viper 4 programming there there it would be seamless you wouldn't know the difference other than you have the um, the system enabled to do job sync right mm-hmm. right um, and then probably the other the other part of that then is you just got to make sure that any other jobs that are going to or any other machines that are going to be jumping into that job they are going to need the same they will need the unlock they'll need to be enabled for uh, prescription rate control. Correct. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they'll need a an RX map, or for that matter, you you jump back even further on it, where uh, Viper fours have the ability to have a single prescription map or multi prescription map right. capability. Good point. So if you're doing one prescription map, one product with a prescription map, that's all that you can share over, depending on what the unlocks are right. on on all the various field computers within okay. the same group. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you need to have multiple prescription maps going back and forth, then you have to have the not just the single RX map unlock. You have to have the multi RX map unlock on both of them to make it function correctly. Otherwise, it will limit you even joining a job the same as it would if you were starting a job from scratch. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, then we'll just let's just move into the guidance line sharing. So this one's 
pretty much. I mean, this one's fully new because we weren't we weren't uh, sending any lines through Job Generator. Correct. Uh, for example, yeah. Previously, uh, if you wanted to share a guidance line from field computer to field computer, you were limited to doing it with a USB drive. Right. You'd have to save it, mm-hmm. move it over, load it, and and uh, utilize it that way. Whereas now. The process is the same. The only thing that would come into play is if somebody, if an operator wasn't used to saving guidance lines. Right. Uh, the process of saving the guidance line hasn't changed at all, but if somebody isn't used to doing it, that's one thing that they do have to know how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at this point, you have uh, cloud jobs is the terminology on the field computer, at least. Right. But you have job sync activated, and you're in a job just the act of saving a guidance line, setting up a guidance line and then saving it, mm-hmm. that will automatically share it to any other field computer that's going to join that job at any given right. point later on. Right. Because uh, uh, I think the the big part, or the one thing that we were maybe talking about on Friday a little mm-hmm. bit was, um, because that's going to be going into a grower farm field. Uh, Absolutely. Older, essentially, yep. right? It will, it will by default, features and everything. go into the grower farm and field that's set up for that job. Right. And um, later on, on the on any other field computer that happens to join that job, they should, by default, be in that grower farm and field. Mm-hmm. So that would be filtered down to that. Or if nothing else, you'd be filtering by, by your the, the nearest guidance lines to your current position. Right. So if you're in the same field, those are more than likely going to be the the closest in proximity as well. Yeah, so it should should be fairly straightforward or, or easy should. to to find the the exact line for that field that you're going into. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, cuz that makes it, you know, cuz I we we may have talked about this in the past or or uh, you know, the just the different uh, use cases for JabSync in general. Right. I mean, that, that thumb drive transfer, that's not necessarily, I mean, that's not really ideal, it's, especially if you're going to have a machine that leaves and then you have another one that comes back to finish it. Cause there's not, probably not like it, I was, I was kind of, I was surprised with this, but how the use case is mm-hmm. that would more so be the case of machines sort of, um, handing off the baton, as it were, right. for, for uh, coverage, as opposed to multiple machines in the same field at the same time. Yeah, that sort of thing would be inconvenient enough right. to do a USB save and transfer mm-hmm. if the machines were in the same field at the same time. It's even less convenient yep. if a machine had left, like you mentioned, passing the baton off, uh, imagining a scenario where a job had been started in a field and either it got too windy or it started raining or something like that and the job wasn't able to continue. Yep. Two days later when it's possible to continue, now the machine that makes the most sense to use is not the same machine anymore. Right. The machine that had been used is 25 miles away on a, a totally different yep. location and that's you bring machine B over to the field. You know What do you do in a situation like that? You're either trying to guess at mm-hmm. setting up a guidance line, or if you really thought ahead, um, operator A and operator B were able to talk to each other and get that line file. Yep. yep. Very unlikely. I mm-hmm. mean, in the real wor- world, that's just unreasonable. No, nobody 
either remembers to do that or takes the time to do it. So this is something where it, it, it really just drops the guidance line right in the lap of the operator. Right. And it's it's not inconvenient at all to, to be able to utilize the same one. Nice. Well, I suppose speaking of other conveniences then, uh, look ahead by section. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so well, I'll just read this part off. So ensure proper application, engagement without skips or overlaps due to mechanical delay inherent in a machine, man, this is wordy, in a machine that may delay its ability to apply a product. Let's just put that into normal, normal talk, normal people talk. Right, so what this, um, and and there are some, some limitations to this based on equipment. Oh, um, sure. This type of feature only, uh, at least to the best of my knowledge, only will work with the, uh, the RCM, uh, mm-hmm. the rate control module from Raven, and that's just because they are built by the same company and they're able to work in certain like things like right. that to make mm-hmm. it convenient. Um, but utilizing the precision farming aspect on the, the latest software version of RCM, you're able to go through and set up in there what your, uh, what your distances are individually on different sections. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can go through and set up your, your different look aheads. Uh, look aheads isn't, yeah, I suppose that's that's pretty correct. Uh, your your look aheads, um, and a lot of times that's going to be based on the distance from the the center of the implement, also, or the center right. of the spray or the applicator. Yep. yep. So, uh, being able to set that up at that point, then the uh, the Viper Four is able to take that information and turn off early or later, depending on how that is set up. Whereas right. in the past, that really wasn't a um, Typically, what it would do is it would average everything out, mm-hmm. and so if you put in that one boom was a little bit ahead and one boom was a little bit behind, the best it could really do was average it out, and that's when it would start turning things on. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask how the Viper Four gets into that mix, and I mean that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that yeah that makes perfect sense. How it it would be basically just using that information that you have set up in the RCM. Yes, right? like exactly. The, the, time, the timer or look ahead it's i'm sure that's in seconds yeah and then some of the some of the things in the past uh, it's it's not necessarily um yeah it would be it would be in seconds but you know in the past you could go through and you could you could uh program things like that up mm-hmm. uh especially when you start getting back into some of the older style uh raven can yeah uh, that yep. you could go through and on the viper side you could set these things up but it really wouldn't work the way someone would expect it. Now it's actually going to work the way you would expect and hope mm-hmm. it and give you very accurate coverage. Right. Just because it's able to start up mm-hmm. um, application earlier or later. Uh, well, here's one that I think a ton of people have been asking for. I mean, I remember seeing tons of requests for this, just being, you know, helping out with the service group, and you probably saw some things like that, and mm-hmm. uh, seeing things from uh, Top Gun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the way that we're able to do this, uh, and by this I mean we're getting guidance lines from, let's say, a Pro 700 into the Viper 4. That is probably the prime example yeah. right now. Um, and and uh, so we're doing that through the use of ISO XML 2015 guidance lines. Yes. So, yep. Or or ISO uh, XML twenty fifteen package, standard. I guess, as I would say. Yeah. yeah that yeah. that's how things are are going. And 
Uh, we've made changes in our end to be able to utilize guidance lines that are coming in there. And I think we were actually a little bit ahead of the game on that. Uh, for people that aren't aware, the ISO XML, that is basically a standard format of file that could be shared between mm-hmm. anybody, any any manufacturer in the right. uh, precision ag market. Yep. And uh, we, we had the ability on there, I guess in theory, although we didn't necessarily have anybody else that was um, at the time, so now we have it where the example you threw out there was the uh, from Case IH, mm-hmm. the uh, Pro 700 field computer is able to export, and that's extremely handy for for people that have a, a mixed fleet. Oh yeah, they can yep. they can utilize the same guidance line uh, between multiple machines and even between multiple makes or brands of field computers. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, you know sometimes you'll get. Like you said, with the mixed fleet, sometimes you'll get one that ha- already has a, you know, a Viper 4 in there. Mm-hmm. And you'd been using the Pro 700 for however many years, and you have all those lines mm-hmm. saved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of that request came from. It like, really how is. I, and so, like, the one thing, you know, we won't, get too, we won't get too deep into this, but, like, you know, the conversion was always tricky. Because we were all, well, I mean, before a lot of these different ISO standards were coming into play, you mm-hmm. know, before, I mean, we can even talk about like uh, things with ISO product control and ISO steering and, and all of that. It's just like, we were all doing things our own way, mm-hmm. the way they were coded into, let's say, a Viper Pro or, you know, or right. other, other devices like that. Strictly proprietary yeah. type data yep. and communication. And we were all doing it a different way, mm-hmm. you know, maybe taking the curvature of this into account or, you know, the time of, I mean, I don't, I don't know what. There is, there is certainly still some of that. um, And I think that might be part of the hang up why this isn't being adopted maybe a little bit more universally across the industry yet. Sure. Is because of what you say, you're saying there where um, the example we have is guidance lines where if somebody has a number of, even if they're just AB lines, straight lines, mm-hmm. and they had them saved for an entire farm. Even if you were able to somehow transfer those over, because that was somewhat possible, there were some uh, kind of hidden ways of doing that, right? where it wasn't necessarily using Raven equipment or anybody else's equipment, but being able to convert line types over from one type of line over to another type of line. You still had to. You would run into the issue of uh, what's called projection, mm. and the type of projection that was being utilized by different manufacturers. It was based on um, some would use the curvature of the Earth differently. Some would use a little bit different heading method, based on uh, you know what is true north, things like sure. that. You would have some some differences there, where if you were going to convert those over on a a short line you would have less of an issue compared to something where a field was two miles long right? and you converted this. Now you might start to notice that there is some differences, even though it's uh, you could be dealing with true sub-inch RTK situations where that's how it was recorded, that's how it was transferred over, and that's how it was being utilized mm-hmm. by a different controller, different field computer doing guidance it wouldn't be quite the same. And so that's, that's still a, an ongoing thing for, for this example, though, it's, it's not very much of an issue. It's, it's right. They were very, very similar and uh, things work out pretty well with mm-hmm. it. Yep. So as long as, uh, 
whatever gets exported from whichever display mm-hmm. you know uh now or in the future uh we'd be able to pull those into a viper 4 correct import them with, yes with the with the if they are the iso xml 2015 standard or the package or, correct. or whatever yep yep as long as it's the it's that standard of the file type and a guidance line were included we would be able to import mm-hmm. that and utilize it yep nice mm-hmm. uh this one this one was under it's under enhancements if you're reading the notes along uh with this but i don't know you were kind of saying it's probably more of a new feature than anything it really is uh, you're, you're talking about the the row number widget yeah Yep. Yeah, because in the past we would always have a widget that would tell you while in a job how far you are from the next guidance line, and it right. would count down. You could obviously see the guidance line right on the screen in front of you, but mm-hmm. this would be helpful because it would it would tell you the number of feet, for example, or meters, which you know, depending on right. how you had the field computer set up, it would tell you the distance away from the line, and I think we've probably known this for a long time, but there's a number of people that don't really that's not the most useful information that they could get Um, a lot of traditional especially in row crop type agriculture is you'll count the number of rows Mm -hmm. so what this does is it allows you it's it's an it's a new widget but it basically looks like the old offset widget okay um, where you can see how far off the line you are but this one gives you the option where you can set up what your row width is Mm mm-hmm and so really behind the scenes, it's just doing the math. If you had 30-inch uh, rows, 36-inch rows, for example, anything like that, you can program in, that's what your row is. Mm-hmm. And every time you get to uh, 36 inches, it will count up to the next. And that's not exactly correct, actually. Um, it will go to the nearest row. Mm-hmm. So it'll tell you how many rows you are. So, I mean, you could be over or under on that distance but it'll, it'll tell you how many rows you are to the nearest row from your guidance line, your next guidance line. Right. Yeah, and like you said, it's just making it into more useful uh, yeah. uh, appearance or a more useful number to the way a lot of people are doing things. Yep, an operator can see that he's he or she is turning around and is, is 10 rows from the next guidance line, which right. is probably a lot easier to mentally figure out quickly compared to I'm ten uh, feet away. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm away. I'm I'm fifteen meters away from my yeah. next well, cause guidance you're not, line. You're not just looking at it. I mean, someone can you and I we can eyeball that distance away. It'll say it says it's ten feet. Well, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe nine feet and you're thinking fifteen. You know, when you when you're like mentally gauging that distance. This way you actually have something that if someone were to want to do this, they could count. Mm-hmm. You can just count the rows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, there's a lot of operators that it's almost like another sense being able to turn their machine around at the end right. of the field and go back in again and almost don't need guidance at all to get themselves turned around. It's it's pretty incredible to watch. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, far from good at that sort of thing, unfortunately, even from what I've done myself. But mm-hmm. uh, riding along with operators that, that are in the cab day after day after day, they get really good at this anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just watching that row count down, row number count down, I should say, right. that uh, that's very helpful information. Oh, uh, one one possible thing 
that we may want to highlight with this, and I've just thought of this as we're talking about it. So that is something that the operator would set within that job, I'm guessing. Yes, absolutely. So I don't know how often this would happen, but if you're going, let's say you're going from something that's got 36 inch spacing and you go down, you know, go to something that has 20 or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever that may be, mm-hmm. let's say, mm-hmm. uh, or if it, if it goes up, you know, um, that would need to be changed or adjusted Correct. in that next field. It would. Yeah. So that's, that's the type of thing where that setting is only available while you're in a job. Mm-hmm. Um, the row width really isn't utilized for any other features that I can sure. think of yep. on there. Um, maybe coming up, that'll be something that'll be a little bit more relevant across other platforms and other other uh, equipment that's connected. But for right now, that's the only thing. So when you open a job, if you are going to a field with a different crop spacing, you would have to adjust that. Yep. Yeah. So it'd be just good to good to point that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the last one here as an enhancement. So. This just has been chaining with ISO, and that's why I had, you know, I had a lot of questions. I was not sure exactly what that was even for. Okay, well, we've we've had the ability to do bin chaining with ISO, and that's referring to ISO product control, right. whether it be ours or a, a third-party mm-hmm. uh, ECU that's set up that connect communicates via ISO bus, and. Uh, we, we had things pretty well dialed in. Obviously, we had it working fairly well with the proprietary Raven stuff. And as we got into ISO, uh, ISO bus systems that mm-hmm. were using Raven ECUs, that was all working fairly well. But uh, there were some issues in the field that we had run into where there's some undesirable behavior, I guess I would say. And things weren't working as smoothly as they, they really could have been. And so there were enhancements made on here that would allow that to uh, to work much better, more smoothly. Mm-hmm. It it made it so you you really couldn't tell the difference of that it wasn't Raven talking to Raven; it was Raven talking to a third party unit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yep. Uh, just uh, I had a brain fart. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I had anything to add to that. Was there anything else you think we want to highlight? And the like, we were kind of talking about to me anyway. Kind of looking at some of these things, they were they seemed pretty straightforward. But there were just some there were just some things that I wasn't quite sure of that I think maybe there, others would have questions with it. You know, as far especially with RX maps with job sync and mm-hmm. guidance lines, like, well, what do I have to do to get that set up? I mean, mm-hmm. well, naturally they need to have their slingshot gold subscription with the some sort of uh, field hub or RS1 and some type of modem in the cab you know, right. the connection yep. and then just to be able to have have the uh have all that enabled in the system settings or or file manager file in the manager. last tab yeah yeah that would be in the file manager uh area yeah. and it's the i believe it's the fourth tab it's the rightmost tab yeah. on that page not looking at it directly right now but the making sure to enable the checkbox. Yep. But, it, but the other qu- jobs, yes. The other questions would just be like, well, what do I need to do? I mean, the RX Maps one, you're not doing anything different. Mm-hmm. But with the guidance line sharing, uh, if you want to use that, 
uh, might need to familiarize with learning how to save those guidance lines. Correct. You know, and that's that's in the the guidance widget. Yes. You know, you yep. pre- press Long and hold press on, that. on the on the guidance widget, yep. and there's the option in there for saving guidance lines, yep. loading guidance lines, and a, a different page will yep. show up to to show you the different options that are what's available. Yep. And then that's automatic. Oh, that'll save it automatically to whichever grower farm field you are in for that job. And and depending on the operator, yes, exactly. It will be the the save or the the current yep. grower farm and field. And if there's no grower farm field selected, it'll be under no grower, no farm, no field. Yep. And it'll be just the default. But again, even if even if somebody is going that way and and operating that way, it'll still be uh, filtering it by the distance. Sure. Which could be a little bit more problematic depending if, if uh, operators have named their guidance lines something, you know, a, a useful name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would default to the current name of the of the job that they're in right mm-hmm. now, so that would probably help somewhat. But it's a little bit specific depending on how the naming convention is. You you may want to make it a little bit less specific just based on the the name of the field that you're in, if it's something right. that's going to be utilized even in coming years. Right. That uh, that would make a difference on how it is. But but uh, different companies name their or you have different processes and different operators, different applicators have different processes. Right. You good? You feel good about that? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>